You're listening to Diffuse Tab with Kenny Estes and Isla Krem. This week, we talked to Josh Markup, Chief Financial Officer at FTX U.S. Derivatives. He'll be discussing how finance teams can be key to commercial success, and he'll share some real-world examples of how financial engineering unlocked business opportunities. Enjoy. Zoomed. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you had some good conversations to start the session here. Um, for those of you who are new, please do stay on mute in the big room. Otherwise, it gets confusing um, and because everybody comes in on the same link. And what you can expect today, this is a weekly event. Today is the 98th. That's why that's numbers up there. 98th weekly event, which is bananas now that I think about it. Um, we're going to do something that's fun for 100, but we actually, Ali, we need to start getting on that, don't we? Yeah, uh, we're going <laughs> <laughs> uh, to talk briefly about Diffuse Tap, the event you're at, as well as Diffuse. We're going to have a fireside chat with Mr. Josh Marco. And then we're going to do two more breakout rooms, kind of similar to what you just experienced. And the reason we do that is this is a networking event. So about 45 minutes of our hour together, you spend well, networking right, with other people in small rooms, um, largely alternative investors from all over the world. And then we do want you to come away a bit smarter. So the inside session is where we have somebody talk about something. Um, today is Mr. Josh Marco talking about CFO being the CFO and things he's working on over at FTX. Uh, if you like this sort of thing, we do have in-person, in-person, well, in-person variants. Uh, the next one is April 28th in New York City. Merzen, who some of you will be in a breakout room with today, is the host. So if you're in that neck of the woods, do not be shy about signing up. It's basically just getting drink and meeting people in New York. Diffuse, why we do this, we spin up alternative funds, primarily crypto, um, basically find interesting opportunities and turn them into investable products. One of those, we're actually in the middle of IPOing. Uh, Diffuse Digital 30 is one of the first index funds that will be listed in the US for crypto assets, top 30 market cap weighted. The key thing is we have arbitrage mechanisms to keep the price in line with the book value, which is a uh, something that the incumbents don't really have. And then we too have two actively managed yield farming, DGEN strategies. One's market neutral, one's a market long. Market neutral is just that. We've not had a losing month. We'll keep that tradition going. Hopefully, we'll see. I probably should be knocking on wood, but let us know if you'd like to talk about any of them. But you're not here to hear about us. You're here to hear about or buy about hear from Mr. Marco. So, Josh, would you mind unmuting yourself and giving a brief intro on your background and what you're up to over at FTX? Yeah, thanks, Kenny. And uh, thanks, Ala, for inviting me. And I was, I was so close. I didn't realize I was so close to the 100th episode. I uh, just short by two, but uh, appreciate it. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Josh Marco. I'm the CFO of FTX US Derivatives. And uh, started my career probably about 20 years ago at uh, Ernst & Young as an auditor um, doing multinational public SEC client audits. Um, after about four years of that, I went to McDonald's Corp here in Chicago and, and spent a little over five years in uh, both the international and U.S. side doing a variety of uh, corporate finance roles. Um, so I'd say like after the first 10 years of my experience at big you know, brands, um, I got a really, really good understanding of, you know, sophisticated uh, financial um, and accounting processes and controls and how it works at big, large corporations. And so I decided to take the, uh, a little bit of a risk and uh, move to a startup. And I went as a CFO of a small um, startup and 
you know, it, it was, uh, it, it needed some turning around and, and I was able to learn how to kind of apply what I had learned in my first 10 years of my career to a s- small startup space. And, and from there, you know, have kind of continued doing that ever since. Beautiful. We'll probably just hop straight into uh, questions here, Josh. How did you get into this role as kind of flipping the business? Because it's one thing starting as CFO as uh, in a smaller business, but what does it mean to going in there and from day one knowing, okay, here are a million things I would like to change and we hope to turn this business around with my help. Yeah, you know, I think I, I think it can be difficult, right? Because you're you're entering a situation that's that's not um, healthy from the accounting and finance perspective, and and I think you know, for me, it just goes back to kind of the first ten years of my experience that I had, you know, understanding sophisticated environments, and I think if we go back a little bit further, and and you know, for me, I think it's 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 about the accounting processes and controls. And, and that's one of the things that I've really relied on every time I come into a situation and applied on it, applied to, to kind of help turning the, the, the business around. Um, it, you know, and I, th- I think that's really critical. But, you know, I, I think you've got to, every time I've entered the situation, it, it is kind of one day at a time, start with kind of some of the small stuff. But um, at the same time, be sort of a bedrock and, and, and really you kind of do have to make changes um, almost immediately because typically by the time I come in, um, you've got financial statements that are being issued late or inconsistently. Um, You've got either the investors or the president or the CEO that are heavily involved in kind of accounting and finance product like type areas. And and so, you know, I think it's, I think it's critical to um, really kind of, Take it one day at a time. Start making improvements where you can. Um, but also, again, I, I rely really heavily on my experience and know that I can do this, right? So I, th- I think that's important as well. Gotcha. And as a reminder to the audience, um, chuck questions in the chat, um, and we'll pick them up when we can. This is meant to be at least pseudo interactive. Um, so, Josh, you started at Dondos, and now you're you're at FTX. That's I don't think McDonald's does a whole lot in crypto. So, how do you? Uh, <laughs> How did you see that? How did that transition go for you? No, you know, it, it, again, it, it's it's really interesting. I think um, for, for me, I think number one, I have this blend of both large corporate exposure, right, and experience doing this turnaround CFO um, type role at small startup companies. And I think it's important to realize that not everybody that's good in the large company settings can also be good in the small settings. Um, you know, I think one of the first things that I learned was, you know, sort of this roll your sleeves up mentality. I think it's absolutely critical. So when you're looking at like a startup CFO, you, you've got to have somebody that, that is willing to do whatever, right? Like book journal entries, shop for insurance, um, work on any audits that come through, help apply for all the bank accounts, like everything that needs to be done, right? To, to, in order to kind of take some of the busy work off of the CEOs and presidents. Um, for me, I had no crypto experience prior to FTX, and 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 they weren't looking for it, right? I, I actually started with Ledger Holdings or Ledger X that, and we merged with FTX last October. Um, but Ledger Holdings wasn't looking for somebody with a ton of crypto experience. They were looking for somebody like me that has, you know, can handle audits, is uh, very adept at technical uh, accounting knowledge and knows accounting and finance processes really well. 
Um, and, and I think the reason for that is the regulatory component of what we do, what we have been doing and what we're doing today. Um, so I think, you know, for everybody on the call, right? Like if you look out, if you look at what's happening in the crypto industry today, and you look at all the leaders, you look at Sam, you look at, you know, what Coinbase is saying, what's, you know, any of the major exchanges are saying, they're all, you know, kind of promoting this idea of going to the regulators and wanting to be regulated and want to have clear instructions and, in you know, kind of how to be regulated. And I think what's important is that they have people such as myself that have kind of this, you know, uh, industry rigor that, you know, can read regulations, read the accounting standards and apply them correctly um, without question. Right. And, and so that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, and it's been a wonderful experience. One thing I'm very curious about, especially kind of coming into business, and a lot of folks in this call are investors in various portfolio companies. And I think, you know, we would love a CFO is like one of the big uh, mantras and chants that we hear from, from kind of growing companies. And what should an investor specifically be looking out for when they're engaging with a company and they're starting to explore like that company's back end and, and, and how they're managing their financials and their audits and all that stuff? What should they be looking out for? Yeah, 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 it's a it's a good question. I'd say a lot of the times when I come in, like the situation when I come into, and in, in, in generally, you know, again, it's it's not exactly healthy. It needs to it needs a lot of work. Um, and I think the things that investors can look for are inconsistency with the financial statements. So you know, perhaps you look at a fi- set of financial statements six months ago and you ask for it again, and there's major changes in some of the accounts, some of the reporting. Um, I think another thing that that usually stands out is is information is late. So right, it's April thirteenth today. If if you're looking at a fund or you're looking at um, something to invest in, and they're only sending you statements from last September, last October, even December, um, you know that that's usually a flag. Like if the financial statements aren't kind of current, that that's usually a, a red flag. Um, and, and then I think and I think the other thing probably that's important too, that I see a lot is um, not only revenue generation, but how revenue is being recorded and reported in the financial statements. From a fund perspective, right, a lot of the revenue that's being generated is is either trading gains and losses or management fees. Um, and, And I think it's extremely relevant to understand, at least just ask the question, like, you know, how are, how is this getting reported to the financial statements? Because Number one, that's impacting your K one, and you're going to have to pay taxes on that. Number two, um, you know, it could be an indication of something's wrong, right? And you don't need to know like the accounting standards in terms of how to do that, but just asking the question, I think, can enlighten you a little bit in terms of like, well, okay, can they give me like an intelligent answer in terms of how this is being recorded, how it's being reported, because it's 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 really impactful, right? And I think. When you look at some of the returns that some of the funds have gotten and and just the crypto space in general, um, you you want to be you want to be deadly accurate with with revenues. So I, I think that's probably the third critical thing. No Elizabeth Holmes strategy here. I like it. Um, the uh, Jim had a question. This is about FTX uh, in general. So feel free to demur if it's outside of your wheelhouse. But the uh, Major League Baseball umpire uniform deal. <laughs> how, how did that come down? Like I just. The story there, I think, is what he's looking for. 
Yeah, I I'm so, I, like I actually don't know that. That was uh, before my time because again, we we only merged with FTX in October, and they had already kind of inked that deal beforehand. But I, um, I I get it a lot. I don't know if other people have noticed too, but um, there are fortune cookies that have. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but like you you might just order from a Chinese restaurant in the U.S. and you'll get a fortune cookie, and out pops a FTX logo on the. Uh, the actual fortune itself. So that that's interesting too. I wish I knew that story. I'm sorry. Uh, you gotta figure that out. I will, I'll do a knock on question then. So AJ had a question. Um, crypto assets can be a little difficult to, to value, right? There's just lots of different markets over there. How involved are you in there? What are kind of best practices? We're trying to figure out how you write it in your balance sheet, things along. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I'm, I'm actually very involved um, because this, this kind of, bleeds into that same conversation about just in general, wanting the crypto industry to be regulated. From my end, I'm working that kind of angle from the accounting side because the accounting standards aren't exactly clear. Um, you know, Right now, valuation of your digital assets depends upon what type of business you are. You either have this, you treat them as inventory and try and impair them, or you're trying to do a fair value measurement. And if you do a fair value measurement, you've got three different levels and you're trying to figure out, you know, a price that you can value these at. So, you know, unfortunately it's, it's the, the standards aren't very clear right now. I I'm actually working with um, one of our audit partners at Grant Thornton, who's trying to communicate with the FASB um, to get more clear understanding of how to, how to value a lot of the digital assets, because, you know, it, not only are the rules unclear, but at the same time, with the fluctuation and the volatility and some of the spot prices, even month to month, you could be looking at dramatic, you know, hundreds of million dollar changes. And, and, and it's really hard to kind of keep up with that. So generally speaking, we, you know, I, I look at, you know, um, a lot of the markets, you know, like Coinbase and Kraken and Gemini and FTX, right? That have a lot of high volume trading on it. Um, trying to use spot rate at UTC and and value um, fair to do fair value assessment of our digital assets at that point in time. We actually have an interesting one here. A uh, question that came in, kind of knock onto this. Um, why is direct clearing for futures a good idea? Oh, say that again. Sorry. Why is direct clearing for futures a good idea? <laughs> Maybe the answer is it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> this one is uh, this is an interesting question. I think this one probably deserves a better answer, not <laughs> not from me. Um, I I'd love to like kind of respond to this question, but just have a little bit more time to respond to it. No worries, no worries at all. <laughs> I might pop in one other question here, which is around building a team and using technology. Uh, when you came into FTX, was there a team already? Um, were they, you know, well established? Did you come in and kind of uh, organize things your way? Did you start using technology to do your work? I think a lot of these things are weird, especially you noticing know, running three crypto funds that there is a lot of uh, stuff to keep track of, and uh, doing it manually is not easy. Yeah, I mean, I and I think this applies to more than just FTX and you know just the crypto industry itself, but I, I think this really applies to any type of startup role. You know. I, I, we were talking about it before, you, you know, when you're at like a large company, 
you know, you might have a 500 person finance team globally, right? So you, you can have people that that can kind of hide, right? And in, in a startup, you just can't hide anymore. Um, so in terms of like building and, and really like inspiring a great team today, I, I mean, I think you have to find um, the right people for with the right set of skills. Oftentimes I've come into kind of startup type environments and, um, you know, to, to begin with, you know, somebody's in an, in an accounting role that, that doesn't really have accounting experience. Um, that's one of the major things that I've seen because and there's good reason for that, right? Like at, at first you might start with one or two different people. Um, maybe the team's grown to 10, but all of a sudden it's at 50 people and you still have that, that person that that's doing, you know, a bunch of accounting roles with, with really no accounting experience. So I think finding the right people with the right skills is, is, is important. Um, you know, I think the other critical piece when I think about startups and, and especially at FTX, because we're a pretty flat organization, is generally speaking, we're hiring, you know, like kind of younger people, you know, people with one to three to four years of experience. And so I think sometimes it can be intimidating to talk to sort of the executive team at that level. And so I think one of the things as a leader that we need to do or leaders that we need to do is really empower um, our employees to be able to build relationships and talk with, you know, the CEO of FTX, right? Like that's critically important. Um, and I think the last thing in terms of just building and really inspiring a great team is, is um, especially when we think about like the virtual workspace today, is just creating like open and very honest communication. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I I like one of the one of the many things that I like about being in like startups and being in FTX is, you know, especially when I compare it to like big companies, is the the concept of feedback at big corporations. They've got you know a twice annual or annual review, and oftentimes you're like waiting for a year to give any feedback. I think in the startup culture, you can't do that, right? You have to. Um, you have to be able to provide like instant feedback almost right away because if it's 12 months and you know somebody needs to work on something it's it's way too late at that point and especially in the crypto space right like things change so quickly in crypto what we know today what all of us on this call know today is going to change in 6 months right less than 6 maybe 3 months right so i think having you know, channels of uh, open and honest communication, and then being able to provide direct feedback right away is really helpful as well. Makes sense. We may or may not have, I think, six people at Diffuse who are still in school, undergrad. So yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's a real problem in getting the communication to go fluid. Yeah, and I mean, it's, again, it's, it's one of the things I find the most where, you know, there, it can be intimidating to talk to, you know, like, yeah, it's intimidating. You, you, like, hey, you have to talk to Brett Harrison, the president of <laughs> FTX US. That can be very, very intimidating. So, especially if you're not around, um, you know, kind of that C-suite or all the time. Question from Manu here in the chat. And again, um, if, you, if you can't speak to intelligent, it's fine. Um, institutional interest in crypto derivatives. Are you seeing a lot of it? Um, are you seeing that expand? What do you think the barriers to adoption are? The institutional interest in crypto is, I think, fairly large. Um, we've got, you know, we already have institutions uh, trading on the LedgerX platform today. And, and today, you know, we only have, we have fully collateralized derivative products. 
Um, the institutional interest in terms of you know what we're looking for in the future, which currently we have our open margin application with the CFTC, um, I, I think is is. I mean, we we think very highly of, of what's going to happen. We have, um, and, and the institutions are extremely interested in it. I mean, that's the bottom line. There, you know, I, I think if we, um, our goal is to, you know, get the margin application approved by the CFTC, and then launch, you know, margin futures to begin with, and and um, our our expectations are very high. And and we're having you know discussions, uh, you know, weekly, daily basis with institutions that are are interested in in the product as well. So I, I think like from that perspective, it's it's enormous, right? And I think you know that like just like anything, you know, it's really built off the retail interest. The retail interest has provided so much of the backbone to the interest in crypto. Like a lot of these returns, a lot of this value started with all the retail traders. And, and now the institutions are getting into it. And when you look at 2021, right? Like think about the returns, think about a lot of the prices that happened in 21, um, you know, the question is no longer, I think, at least from what I'm hearing, the question is no longer like, are you invested in crypto? It's how much, right? Like what percent of your portfolio is. So, I mean, I hope, I'm sure you guys are hearing that as well, but um, yeah, there's, there's a tremendous um, opportunity with the institutions. Awesome. Well, we do try to do a lot of networking, like I said at the beginning. So we're going to bring it to an end. Um, Josh, we are going to have a standard question between breakout rooms for you, which is uh, uh, crystal ball time. What what do you see coming down the pipe in crypto specifically, or if anything else, I guess, comes to mind that you're excited about and uh, browning points for something that the audience has not heard of. Um, but for the breakout room, do remember it is not a pitching session it is a networking session so please be respectful of that and be kind to one another and we do not pass around a full participant list for privacy reasons so if you meet somebody you want to connect with just swap your details then and there or join the telegram group that i was already put in the chat and will be in the follow-up email introduce yourself it's great for networking beautiful i'll pop you into rooms of four or five folks, definitely stick around. You will be meeting a bunch of alternative investors of various shapes and sizes. So this is a great opportunity to meet folks from across the country and from Europe. And uh, I'll give you a topic. Don't feel obliged to stick to it. It's just an inspiration. But should CFOs get heavily involved in business strategy or not? Pop you into rooms now and we'll see you back here in exactly 10 minutes. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Hope we had good conversations. Uh, I think that was the most eclectic breakout room I've ever had. Uh, very uh, varied uh, things that everybody's doing, which is pretty cool to see. That's why we're here. Uh, Josh, as threatened, please unmute yourself and predict the future. <laughs> uh, I wish. Um, I think this kind of goes back into the question that was asked that I uh, kind of delayed a little bit there. I, you know, so... I'm, I'm sitting in the you know CFO seat at FTX US Derivatives, right? And so, like, the mo one of the most exciting things for me is this margin application that we have, and 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 the reason why it's exciting and and I think it's a total game changer, you know, is this concept of you know real time margin calculations, right? Versus today, um, you know, it's it's done what like every 24 hours or so, and I think the reason, the purpose for this model, and the reason why it makes it better is when you think about kind of like the volatility of crypto prices and the fact that it's a 24-7 market, right? 
we can't you, you you can't like have the traditional margin model that's calculating your margin on a 24-hour basis especially if um your margin falls too low you know like the prices are constantly changing it's changing over the weekend how are you how are the margin models gonna you know stay um you know in tune with what's happening when the crypto market is constantly moving right like a lot of you have and investors right have, that have been in crypto for a long time you've had days where you've just been up you've been monitoring the prices it you know it never sleeps and so i think you know from a risk perspective like our proposal i think in some senses is a little bit more conservative that that's what's happening today i, I think it is a little bit safer um than than some of the you know um you know what the F fmcs are doing today and so i'm really really excited about that you know and i think you know it's not just me saying this i think when you look at you know a couple of weeks ago there's the futures the fia conference in boca and you know the major topic there was crypto and our margin application came up in in that conversation as well so um for me that's you know kind of first and foremost right that's what we're working on it's it's something really unbelievable um you know aside from that i i'm i'm really kind of interested to kind of see per personally i'm interested to see more of what's going to happen you know the development of, of the metaverse development of gaming and all applications of the blockchain beyond just like crypto and traditional like financial products right because like the way i think about what ftx us derivatives and ftx us is doing is we're building the the plumbing the network in order for you to trade different crypto products right the ins and the outs right they come through we're creating the plumbing so for me like what's really interesting is seeing like what are the things that are coming in like what's going to happen with nfts this year what's going to happen with gaming this year what are some of the other applications that blockchain can be part of this year um and 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 you know again for me just personally i'm just kind of dorky i kind of really like the the concept of the metaverse and um i'm really interested to see what happens from that perspective as well gotcha well we do our uh our, our board meetings in in vr so uh oh, yeah. cool <laughs> team, so yeah we're with you and cool. it's funny the, the margining thing just quickly on that so back when i was doing the high frequency trading stuff it was t plus three settlement for equities right so three full days before you yeah obviously wildly inefficient for margin i think it's t plus two they're working to t plus one but the reason that I was given for why that is, is because grandpa's got some Oracle shares physically sitting in his safe. So if you want to settle with grandpa, you yeah. gotta physically move around and it takes time to do that. You do not have that baggage with blockchains. Why in the world no. on that system? No, no. And I think I mean, again, when I when I think about like regulations or being regulated, I think, you know, this is protection of the consumer, right? And I think you know when you talk about the margin or you talk about protection you're you're just reducing the system systematic risk right you, if you've got to close somebody's position out you, you're right you can't wait for grandpa to go to the safe to get whatever right you've got to be able to close a position out you've got to be able to liquidate or start liquidating when you know the margin gets too low and so you know i, I think it's a revolutionary idea um it, it's really innovative and i you know I, there's a lot of people talking about it right and 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 uh i think it's 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 just again the most exciting thing that i can think of uh this year and hopefully shortly hopefully in a few months love it 
Kyla, do you want to do another? Uh, yeah, or? we'll do a short little extra one and I'll pop you into rooms now. And the question is, what are some of the more interesting, exciting opportunities in crypto that you have seen in the last couple of months? What's kind of top of your mind? So, oh, sorry, say that again, Arla? What is the, for everybody in the breakout rooms, what is the most interesting opportunity you've seen um, in the last couple of months that you oh, might want to yeah. share with the group? Pop you into rooms now. Welcome back, y'all. Um, I've been notified that apparently I say ahoy a lot. So apparently I'm going to keep doing that, which is great. But thank you and ahoy and welcome back to everybody. Um, up next, we'll do a quick wrap up and then we're going to get out of here right at the top of the hour. Next week, like I said, it's a weekly event. DAOs, all about DAOs. Come learn about somebody who's deep in the weeds. Um, got you to check it out. As a reminder, we do have in-person variants of this. The next one's in New York City, hosted by Merzen on the 28th. And then do join our Telegram group that uh, Ms. Isla has already put into the chat. Um, Isla, what did I forget? I always forget things. Well, we are going moving forward to our close of the month. So every month we close for the funds. We're close for the funds that we're running. So if you're interested at all in StableFi or MaxFi or our IPO product, please ping us. Otherwise, I think all that's left to do is say a big thank you to Josh for joining us and sharing his wisdom today. Well, thank, thank you guys. I, and I'm, I'm really excited for the 100th episode. I'm, I'm going to be there two weeks, right? And the pressure's on to come up with something creative for us to do. Actually, if you have any ideas of what we should do, please send it in the Telegram group and uh, yeah. you'll receive a notification after this with the link to that as well. It's the day before the New York event, right? It'd be the 27th. We should send um, a big uh, a big box, something exciting to that event, I have a feeling. Right. <laughs> well, well thank you guys again. Thank you NFT, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send a box of USB keys. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming out today. It's always great to see you and meet you in the rooms or get to know you more in the rooms. We'll see you next week. Thank, thank you. you. Have a good one. Bye. All right, y'all, I'm going to shut down the room. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Diffuse Tap with Isla Krem and Kenny Estes. If you enjoyed these conversations, join us for the live version every Wednesday-ish at 10 a.m. Central. In addition to the fireside chat, the live event features three rounds of networking in small groups with alternative fund GPs, LPs, and supporters from around the world. Log on to www.diffusefunds.com to register yourself now.